Hello. This is ghostly talk. <laughs> okay, where's that going? <laughs> well, I just looked at you. I, well, I was looking down because you were. Yeah, you were. You had the, actually the look on your face was just. We like, don't communicate well. You you were looking kind of like down, and you were kind of just like shivering a little bit, like because well, it's, eh. it's the basement. Yeah, well, it's cold down here, and I have a cold on top of everything. I've taken too. my blanket off. I'm chilled. Yeah, I actually I'm wearing a. I'm normally I just have shorts and t-shirt down here, yeah, even with a little I, yeah, heater. You're fully unit dressed. Have. I'm like bundled up tonight. Most of the time, so you're I'm just trying, in your underwear. I'm trying. <laughs> true a little tmi for the audience there i don't think underwear is too offensive to anyone well when you say underwear stars, he's in his underwear i, I boxer shorts people just <laughs> well, a pair yeah, of okay. shorts not whitey tighties yeah, I was gonna say, you, you say underwear it's <laughs> i was i do the show in my delicates <laughs> no no i do the show in my full brawn panties no okay i'd right. like to see that yeah no so we got a few appearances and i say that in quotes huge quotes this year and we wanted to mention them to you guys we're actually going to be ghostly talk is going to be at the motor city comic-con which is on may 17th 18th and 19th at the suburban collections show place we're at, which is in novi michigan that's yeah, in Nova, yeah, novi michigan uh it's the motor city comic-con you should have known it was in novi michigan by the <laughs> name of the not town. in detroit no it's not it's far, what about 30 miles well not 20 miles from detroit <laughs> um we're actually doing this as a joint venture with the other show that I'm a part of called Real Crime. And I don't mention Real Crime too much on Ghostly Talk, uh, but it's uh, another podcast I do with a friend of mine, a handful of friends of mine. And it's more or less just cent- centers around movies and music, well, more or less movies and art in general. Uh, so we're kind of doing a table together. So if you want to come and hang out with all of us, we're going to be at the Motor City Comic Con. On May 17th, 18th, and 19th. And are we bringing equipment to record? We're going to be recording. Okay, so yeah, we, we're going to be generating some content. So if you want to stop by and get interviewed by us, uh, have something weird to share. If you want to get interviewed by Ghostly Talk, yeah. we'll, we'll interview you. Yeah. We're going to interview you now. <laughs> it's going to be very important. Are you ready? Have you sat down? Do you have your coffee? It's time to interview you It'll be like you NPR. Yeah. Uh, hello. They don't That's... talk like that on NPR. Uh, no. No, I don't know what that is. We'll also be um, where we. This will be our fourth thing back as a show again with the Haunted America Conference, Mr. Troy Taylor's Haunted America Conference in Alton, Illinois, and that's going to be on June 21st and 22nd of this year. That is always a hoot. If you're if you have not bought your ticket yet, you really should take the time and get a ticket and come hang out with all of us, the whole crew. Troy Taylor is one of our dearest friends. One of the reasons this show is back and doing what we're doing so we don't miss this ever, and he's nice enough to have us every year. So June 21st and 22nd, Alton, Illinois, Haunted America Conference. And finally, to round the year out, who knows, we might go do something else, but this is all we have planned so far. We're going to have a table at the Michigan Paracon in Sault Ste. Marie. Uh, and that's at the Kiwaden Casino and Conference Center. Kiwaden. Whatever, whatever the fuck. What? what? And I'm going to be there sometime. But if I'm not there, you can go into one of the casinos, look for the Wonder Woman machine. And you'll find Amber. And you will find me. I'll be and at Marnie. the table. I'll be at the table feverishly <laughs> interviewing people. We'll be feverishly putting money into yeah, the machine. Yeah, they'll be dumping every penny Wonder they Woman. have. Wonder <laughs> yeah, Woman. I hate that. 
Oh, I we love when I hear that because it's the bonus round. We were there last year. We were at this conference last year. Just came to hung, hang out. I had never been to the conference before. Uh, pretty big deal. Quite an event. Yeah, a lot of people yeah, show up. A lot of people. Pretty wild event. Um, and, of course, yeah, we spent a lot of time in the casino. And that is that Wonder Woman. I Wonder Woman. I, it's stuck in my head. I can't get it out of my brain. It's the worst thing ever. Yeah, but it means bonus round which is always great did we oh make man you win money? so much money no you win so much money on the bonus round on that but did we make any money last did you leave with any money last no, year no but i kind of broke even you kind of broke even i kind of broke even there, you either break even or you well, don't no, because i was really i think i was really down and then i went back up did you depending on the amount of money that you put in the machine did you get that money back no all of it so you didn't break even you didn't no, kind of break even i wasn't even. angry i wasn't angry because sometimes you can I wasn't angry. Like I had so much fun, and my money lasted me all weekend. And Marnie did win. Marnie won like I think two hundred, three hundred. Yeah, yeah. Trippy, Ho trippy hotel too. Nothing supernatural about this whatsoever, but it's one of the funny things that happened last year when we were at this conference. They have like the blackout curtains, which I want to put in this house so bad. They're like the blackout curtains. And I had the weirdest thing happen to me the first night we were there at this conference last year. We all crashed out. And I'm getting older now. So typically, like, my internal alarm clock wakes me up about 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning because I have to use the restroom, right? And this time around, I we were crashed out. We went to bed. It felt, and I just had that natural urge, woke up. I uh, did my did my business, came back to the bed and said, OK, well, I got another four hours to sleep or five hours, whatever. We're not going to get up that early. I looked at my phone and it was nine o'clock in the morning. It was just this weird like time loss thing. But it was because the, it was these I think it was these, these blackout curtains. No, casinos control time. You well, lose yeah. all concept. But of that time. doesn't make them any money because I just was sleeping. I wasn't making. I mean, I already we paid for the room already. They got the money for that. It's but just, we weren't in the casino. Part of what happens there. It was weird. Uh, I'm not saying it's anything supernatural, but and it was real nice because we slept like babies there because of those blackout curtains. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to also mention that our uh, buddy Steve Ward has a new podcast. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about that. That's rad. And I think it's really cool because he was super sweet to say that one of the reasons he started his podcast was because of Ghostly Talk. So thank you, Steve. Bullshit. And, You're uh, a liar. And, You're um, a liar. You lie. If you want to find his podcast, it is called The High Strangeness Factor, and it is part of the Paranormal UK radio network. And it's going to be uh, every other Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Does he have uh, a Eastern. website? Um, I think you have to actually have to go to the paranormal. Just Google Steve Ward. Well, or High Strangest Factor, or go to the Ghostly Talk uh, Facebook page, and you will find the link. Or Google um, the UK Radio Network. Yeah. Google um, something. Just Google it. There's not something specific for the show, and I'm sure it, it's showing up. I mean, I don't know, but I, I'm sure it's, I don't know if it's on iTunes yet or all the usual uh, podcast sources, but Steve is a crazy fountain of awesome information um yeah, and he is guy. one of our most listened to shows yeah great guy a fantastic person um and hopefully we'll have him back here in the basement sooner or later so what a night we had here yeah 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 super fun this was ex yeah this was a show you were super excited about uh melissa sinova did yeah. i pronounce it right yeah I, i'm terrible with names yeah I can't even say the word tarot right. Tarot. 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 Oh, my God. Oh. Like, I'm going to get a tarot <laughs> reading now. 
Oh my God. <laughs> you sound like Jimmy <sighs> Fallon. I'll have to show you the video what? later. Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. He's got a character that you just sounded just exactly like. like. I want to get a tat rating. <laughs> <sighs> like I'm totally seeing you in a blonde wig. Oh my God. Okay. <sighs> Yeah, no, Melissa, I, I discovered her book. Um, I got an advanced reader's copy of her book, Kitchen Table Tarot, mm. and uh, went nuts with it because tarot bo- books can be kind of boring. <sighs> and this was good. What is with the creeper sounds? I'm just, I found that cool voice because my voice is screwed up a little bit because of the cold. Oh. And I'm, it's like that episode of Friends, like one of the only episodes of Friends that I ever saw. What's that? The Lisa, the blonde haired girl. Yeah, Lisa. She got a cold and she was like singing in a band and her voice got all like cool and creepy and low. So she was like playing every night sick as a dog. And then she started feeling better and she got <laughs> bummed out. So that's kind of how I feel right now. Like I actually have like a real, like a, maybe a decent radio voice for a change. Instead I think of a, you have a good radio voice. No, I don't. No, I don't. I think it's fine. No one likes to hear their own voice. I hate my voice. No one likes to hear it. People laugh it about that. It freaks you out. Like, People, well, that's one thing we talked about um, with Melissa briefly for a second. Uh, earlier this evening, people have come to me or Doug or anybody from our from our camp and said, you're, you, you remember that show you did in like 2003 or whatever? Uh, and a lot of times I don't remember. I, I don't. It's very rare that I remember anything. Uh Sometimes if I'm if I'm properly you know if, if I'm reminded I I might remember stuff, but a part of the reason for that is not because I don't care. It's because I don't like to listen to myself. Never have, never will. I do this stuff all the time. I do two shows now, and I still don't like to listen to myself. It's just this weird thing I. We do. should do some weird challenge where when we go on road trips, we should start listening oh, to God. old episodes. I've tried of to, no, I've tried to listen to this show in the car, and you know it. I do I do now because with all the new equipment and stuff we have. I've been spending more time listening to the show, just you know, more or less just like torturing myself through it because I'm just trying to make sure we're getting the levels oh, right and we're yeah. getting everything together here. So it's more just research to make sure the show's sounding better and we're getting some type of return on our investment here, which is not going to be money, but at least I want the show to sound a lot better. So that's what I've been doing that lately. But yeah, yeah, we should do some horrible challenge yeah. to each other and just beat each other up on a road trip and say, yeah, you're going to listen to yourself for three it could, hours It could now. be interesting. We'd be like, oh no, my God, I forgot about terrible. that. And then we'd terrible. hear a lot of Doug. Yeah. Doug. Yeah, we don't hear enough Doug. Um, so Melissa Sinova. Yeah. Uh, let's... What, Let's hear yeah. all about her. What, uh, tell, so, tell me about Melissa. Okay, the cool thing about Melissa is she's been reading tarot cards for like 30 years. Wow. Yeah. Um, and then that was her first book, Kitchen Table Tarot, which provides a down-to-earth, common-sense approach to reading tarot cards, mm-hmm. which I totally agree with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It also won, which this is a big, cool deal. It yeah. also won the – okay, what your commentary is so creepy. Okay, I'll shut up. Ugh. So it also won the Independent Publisher Award for Best First Book, and I totally cool. agree with that. Um, and then her second book, it's not out yet. It's coming out in two weeks. Um, was, so did you say two weeks? weeks? I yeah, think it's weeks. March of 2000. Well, yeah, that's March. It's two weeks. Yeah, March of 2019. And this one's called Tarot Elements: Five Readings to Reset Your Life, uh, which is which you'll in the in the you'll hear what she yeah, really wanted to call yeah, it. Yeah, so yeah, you great. gotta listen. It's great. great. I couldn't stop laughing. Um, anyway, uh, and this gives the reader five readings to help you unstick yourself in the home, heart, mind, body, and soul. And uh, she was a lot of fun to have on the show, and we will definitely have her back. Let's talk about tarot reading. Oh, my God. Okay. We're going to talk all about tarot tonight. Oh, God. Let's do it, guys. Okay. Do it. All right, guys. Let's go.
Alyssa, thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. I happen to get an advanced reader's copy of your book, Kitchen Table Tarot, about, I think it was last summer. When did the book come out? Was it two years ago already? It was like April 2017. So yeah, it's been a minute. Okay. And rarely, I, I mean, I've dabbled in tarot since I was like a teenager and you get all these different books on tarot and you're like, oh, it's kind of boring or, oh, you just have it for reference to look up stuff. And this was the first book that I read from front to back and actually laughed and enjoyed it and told my friends to read it. And so when we were looking for guests on the show, I'm like, we got to try and get Melissa. Let's get Melissa. And I don't know if we've ever on Ghostly Talk in all the years the show's been on. I don't yeah. know if we've ever, if you guys have ever fully discussed tarot. I, we've, we had a couple shows in the really old days where we had people come on and, and talk about tarot st- stuff, but not really. That's, we never really dove too much into that. It's one of those things we never really dove into. Yeah. So anyway, uh, Melissa, t- tell us how you got started um, in reading tarot cards. Like what got you, uh, what got you interested? Yeah, I, was, uh, I went to Catholic school um, when I was a kid, and I, I met this kid named Steve. Who was, he was really weird like me, and he liked reading about ghosts and Ouija boards and, you know, automatic writing and all that stuff. And he handed me, when we were 14, he handed me a deck of tarot cards, and he said, you need to learn how to do this. Hmm. And I said, okay, what is it? And I just kind of figured it out, and we would do readings together. He was just like a really cool kid. I wish I could find him because I owe him a drink because he <laughs> handed me my life's passion, you know. Um, but it just kind of fit. You know, when you find a thing, like if you're really good at baseball and, and you, you throw the ball for the first time and you're like, here's my thing. This is my jam. Yeah. Right. And that's how I felt when I picked up those cards. I was like, oh, here they are. So, no, that's right. so that's awesome. Now, the, OK, going back, you went to Catholic school. Yeah. So I grew up Catholic, too. And in the family, tarot, ghosts, Ouija boards, all that stuff was kind of looked down on. Did you grow up yeah. with the same type of mentality towards things like that? You know, my dad, my dad is a police officer. He's retired and was a police officer for 40-some years. and conservative Catholic, Knight of Columbus kind of guy. And he has so much faith in me that I could, like, be a pyromaniac. And he's like, okay, honey, just don't hurt anybody, right? Like, he's he supports whatever I want to do. Like, he's never read my books, but he... Um, wants me to do a book signing in my hometown in Jefferson city, Missouri. And because he's so proud of me and he's like, I got a connection at the paper and we'll make sure that they talk to you when you do your book signing. Like he's, he's always believed in me. So here's my conservative father, right? Who he's one of those guys, you know, the guys who never yell, they just get quiet and steeple their eyebrows at you. Yeah. (laughs) And go, we need to talk like that's my dad, right? That's how stern he is. But he's also funny and sweet and he, he lets me be myself. And so I got a lot of shit from people like I went to school with and, um, you know, going, you know, devil and hell and all that weirdo stuff. I got, I've been called weirdos since I was like seven. That's a compliment. So, yeah. I was kind of <laughs> used to it by then. By 14, it's been seven years of being a weirdo and I'm like, fuck, it's fine. Yes, yeah. I'm a weirdo. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it was mostly my dad's support, but yeah, it was, it was something, in fact, I didn't connect my last name because Sonova is not a common name. Um, I didn't connect it with tarot until 2017 when I published the book and I've been reading cards for 30 years. So if that gives you any idea of where I grew up (laughs) and, uh, how not cool this was, 
been, uh, yeah, 30 years of, no, that ain't me. I had a business called Little Fox Tarot, and my name was nowhere on it. Wow. Because I needed to find a job, you know. And if somebody Googles you, they find what you do. Yeah. And that's really, and I, I've been fired for reading tarot cards before. Have you really? Uh, yeah. It was back in the 90s, and it was a terrible job. Um, and I worked with a terrible person, but... I was like right out of college and uh, she overheard me finding out, uh, she overheard me talking about reading cards. And then the next week I was promoted to like two steps up and not trained and then fired a week later for not catching on fast enough. And I was like, I see what you did there. That's, that's sneaky. So, you know, and she was super, super Baptist and made no, no qualms about telling people how Baptist she was. So, you know, she was kind of a bitch and I learned my lesson really well from that experience. I didn't talk about it at work, but now I have a really great muscle job that I usually enjoy very much. And my boss thinks it's great and asks for a copy of my book, you know? So things have changed a lot in the last 20 years or so. Yeah. I was going to say, I was going to ask you like, how is it? Cause I've heard of this, this idea of discrimination when it comes to people who are into weird stuff. Now it's not something that I, I'm not, I'm not a much of a picketer. That's not really what my, I'm not into that kind of stuff. However, I've heard of this idea of discrimination when it comes to people who have alternative uh, spiritual beliefs uh, or just different type of ideas like, you know, tarot reading like you're doing, right? Tarot reading. Sorry, I always screw their word up. That's much I know about this. This is, this is pathetic. It's tarot uh, like carrot. Um, no, it's like even a couple of years ago, like three years ago, I had a job. And generally, I don't read for people's work, but I was having an out-of-work conversation that I with a coworker. And I said, you know, if you want me to throw some cards about this, I'd be happy to help you out. And she said, no, 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 thou shalt not suffer. No, oh, honey, I can't oh, do that. Oh. And I was like, did you just fucking Bible oh, me? Yeah. Did you, did you Bible me? And I, you know, I was just shocked and I thought we were friends, but she had no qualms about telling me that I should probably be set on fire. And I was wow. like, you know, rude, first of all. And second, is there something about not judging people in that book of yours? Uh, yeah. You yeah. So, and there are so many instances of divination in the Bible that it's kind of stupid. The whole you know, damn thing three... is paranormal. Yeah. So I just, you know, I haven't, luckily, nobody said anything to my kids about it. You know, nobody gives them trouble. But they're teenagers now, and they're old enough to tell people to fuck off um, <laughs> if they need to, you yeah. know. But, but in the last, like, since I got fired for it, right, I didn't tell anybody that I did this unless they had to know because I like my job. I need to, you know, I got kids to feed. Right. Yeah, yeah. And um, and I live in the middle of Missouri, and you just don't. You don't do that here. Well, I know I, over the years myself, I've found myself, I've never, thankfully, and I hope it never does happen, I've never lost any employment as a result of the stuff that I work on, which I don't think... You know, mainly just doing a, a, a podcast that covers topics like UFOs and ghosts and stuff like that. I don't think that's really too out of the ordinary nowadays. Uh, no, nowadays I don't think so. I think you're right. I think, you know, 15, 20 years ago, yeah, I agree. I think it may, even then, it may have been a little bit more taboo. And I remember, you know, when I was younger, especially career-wise, I would find myself being a bit more reserved when people would say, hey, what do you do for fun? You know, um, you know, and I think it was a matter of growing up too. It was a matter of reading my audience. Sometimes there was just some people I met that I was comfortable with and I knew they would accept, you know, what right. I did. I mean, you could just, you could, and you can usually tell cool people. I mean, yeah. I don't know any other name, like cool people, right? They're just cool people. Intuition, you know, uh, 
so I can generally tell if somebody is going to be a jerk, but like I had a meeting uh, when I first started my job and they said, so what is everybody's Halloween tradition? A little fun icebreaker. And it was right on the tip of my tongue to say, well, I'm a witch. So my kids and I make witch bottles and we put hair and vinegar and bent nails (laughs) into bottles and we seal them with wax and hide them in the yard. And then I was like, Oh, we just like trick-or-treating. Super fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I'm like, which one should I share in my new job that I really like? Let's see. Yeah. And, I, and, I've, yeah. Opt, and I've opted to, towards the latter a lot of times, even yeah. when I didn't feel like I was in any kind of, like, danger of anything, you know? I mean, I just – because what, what happens – and I think we all know – if you say you're a witch, that's one thing. Uh, you know, if you're a paranormal investigator, and I say that in quotes, right – what I found over the years with that too, is if I say, well, yeah, I've sometimes I go out and, you know, with my camera and a recorder and I try to capture things on film and tape or whatever you want to call it. And I find myself, people will automatically attune some type of credibility to you that you're an expert in the field. And Mm -hmm. quite simply, I'm not. And what I've told people and this for a number of years, I used to do this, uh, People would the paranormal would come up around a company that may have not know me too well, and you'd think, well, I'm the man to talk to about that. But I didn't want to talk about it because <laughs> just here to work. I just spend three. Then I have to spend the next three hours explaining to someone why, you know, whatever TV show that they're into is not the way it really works, right? And that can be really tiring after a while. It can be very yeah. tiring. It's it's just it's exhausting as a matter of fact. So I found myself just keeping my mouth shut about things a lot. Because I just didn't want to have to put myself through that, having to go and you know blow my voice out talking to someone for three hours yeah. about something. Literally, it's it's. And the I truth. think there are things like that. Like I had some friends, you know, back in the day where I would come to a party and they would say, "This is my friend Melissa. She does tarot readings." And next thing I know, I'm yeah, the goddamn fucked. tarot monkey doing yeah. readings in the corner for four hours <laughs> because I don't want to offend their her friends. This yeah. is my best friend. I don't want to offend her her people, but nobody's paying me. I miss the whole party and I'm hoarse by the end of the night. And after a couple of those, I was like, you know what? I'm not your fucking monkey, and I'm not going to dance for you. If you want to pay me 125 an hour to sit here and read for your friends, I'd be more than happy to. But don't do that. Yeah. Don't assume, you know? And the other thing I think, the, the reactions that you get can be odd, because I think terror re- readings are spiritual. I'm not saying that, like, paranormal investigations are not, but I do think that terror readings kind of edge towards that spirituality and religion side. Because people are taught in their religions, never do this. It's from the devil, right? right? And people hold their faith so close to them that it becomes a part of who they are. So if you question their faith, you're questioning them. Yeah. And it immediately gets personal. Oh, yeah. And so it's it's something I've always been very delicate about because I, I got no problem with people having faith. You know, I have no problem with, like, I grew up Catholic. My family's Catholic. I love them. But and I but I recognize that there are some things that you just don't poke around with people that you don't know. I don't question people about their faith unless they bring it to me and want to discuss it because it's it's wholly personal. And I'm not about to say I do this. Oh, you don't believe in it. Fuck you. You know, it's just because my my instinct now, like at 44, which I think is the age of not giving a fuck. Like, I think I've hit it. Sister, let's talk. Let's talk, sister. Go ahead. You say what you're going to say. I I didn't mean to interrupt you. I'm sorry. No, that's all right. I just reached the point where if somebody goes, oh, you read tarot readings? I'm like, yeah, you got a fucking problem with it? (laughs) So I'm no longer trying to couch that 
I'm proud of what I do. I'm proud of the books that I've written. My my second book is coming out in two weeks, by the way. Yeah, but I got I'm an really advanced reading of copy of that one too. Oh, good for you. I, I know. Nice. So, but I I don't want to get into a pissing match with somebody who's been misinformed by their faith about what I do. <laughs> so I'm I'm very sit on my hands about it until I know somebody because I'm like this could get real loud, and I'm not that kind of person. So. Well. It- yeah. And you mentioned 44, the magic yeah. number. Yep. I'm going to be hitting that number in my years of age in just a few days here. And nice. it's something, and thank you. It's something I've been thinking about, though, too, because I, you know, it maybe it wasn't, it's not specifically 44, but in the last handful of years since I turned 40, yeah. And I've said this before on with previous guests, people, yeah, people we've talked to on this show before, that I just, in the last couple of years, especially, I just, I, I, it's one, Bill Burr is a comedian I love. I don't know if you ever heard of Bill Burr before, and yeah. he's a hilarious comedian, but he's, he talks about something, and I really identified with it, and it ties right in with what we're talking about here. He's like, you ever have something in your brain that you know you shouldn't say? And when you're younger at a certain point, you say, you, you, you filter that. But he's like, after you turn 40, you just throw shit like that out there just to see what, what happens. Like you just throw whatever's on your mind. You don't filter yourself anymore. Sometimes I think, you know, and it's more comedic what he's saying. It's a joke, (laughs) but, but I find myself sometimes, dare I say, going, you know what? I'm not going to filter myself anymore. I'm not scared of who I am. I'm not scared to represent who I am. Um, so I'm just going to say this and, you know, enjoy the ride. Right. (laughs) So I think it's rooted in authenticity because at, and even 34, if someone were like, if I had written a book at 34 and someone said they didn't like it, I would have said, oh, I'm sorry. What didn't you like about it? Maybe I can fix it. Right. Because no, that's yeah. kind of who I was. Yeah. But now somebody wrote me something. I was like, I didn't like your book. And I said, make your own fucking art. And then I was <laughs> done. That's the end of the conversation. After I finished creating something, it's no longer any of my business. What you think of it. I yeah. don't care. And that's I made a thing. I'm super proud of it. And if you don't like it, read something else. Yeah. Or make your own art and leave me the fuck alone because I don't care. No, and it's true. So, I mean, that really is yeah. the idea. And I and I say that and that's that's that other idea with, with this age I think we're in too, is I say that I find myself saying that more and more with anything that I'm working on now. If somebody don't like it, it's just I, yeah, when I was fifteen years ago, I would have probably or yeah. tw- fifteen, twenty years ago. I probably would have been a bit more like, well, oh man, well, we really should really, really, and it's like, no, no, I'm not, I'm doing this for me. Okay. Yeah. I've self-actualized stuff <laughs> that yeah. I work on here. If you don't like it, dude, it's really easy to do a podcast now. Go ahead and figure it out on your own. It's totally cool. Right. Uh, I got you. Leave me alone. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, yeah. Leave me, <laughs> yeah. Leave me alone. <laughs> I just want to be left alone to do my things. So I think. Exactly. It, it's funny you mentioned that because there, it is that age I think that we're at maybe where, you know, we're we're confident in who we are, we're confident with our ideas, we're proud of who we are, we're proud of the things we do. Therefore, yeah, you don't care anymore. I mean, you care, yeah. I care, but it's like I just don't. I'm not worried about things like that. It don't bother me. So one of the things that this book is about, this new one is called Tarot Elements, and I wanted to call it Five Readings to Unfuck Your Life, and they wouldn't let me. <laughs> <laughs> So, but that's essentially what it is, is like, it, it gets down to the root of the root of, of what you're working on, like the, the, the thing. So if you're having problems in your emotional life, it's not going to tell you to go find a person to date. It's not going to tell you 
you know, that love is the answer. It's going to say, what is it about you? What do you need to fix in you right now to stop thinking that a partner is going to make you happy? You know, yeah, what is yeah. it about you that you don't think is good enough to stand here and, and need things and deserve things, you know? Mm. And it's a very, because the less you, the less baggage you carry around with you, the, the less likely it is that people will knock you down. And that's why I wrote it. Um, and each one, like each element is tied up with uh, like your, your home, your heart, your soul, your body, and your, and your mind. Because in each one of those ways, we carry around so much baggage and garbage. And it's not ours. It was placed on us. And then we absorbed it. And we said, okay, I guess I am stupid. Or I guess I am bad at math. Or I guess I don't deserve to be heard in meetings or whatever. And it kind of takes us to that and says, really, do you believe that, you know, Mm. or do you deserve to be treated poorly at work? Is that something that you believe? And that's what the readings are about is questioning, you know, the things that we carry with us to see if they're, if they're ours, you know, but I think it, that goes back to our conversation about, I don't care what other people think about me unless they mean something to me too. Like my husband says something to me, I love him. He's my favorite person in the world. Yeah. And if he says, honey, you're being an asshole, I'm going to stop what I'm doing and look at him and go, how am I being an asshole? Because he's probably right. Hmm. Don't yeah. tell him I said that, by the way. <laughs> he's probably right. But if somebody on the Internet tells me that I'm an asshole, okay, probably. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it, it has less weight because I know who I am. Yeah. Well, and I mean, you, I think you, everybody has to have those, those key players in their lives. And I, and I hope we all do who are the ones that curb you, like you were talking about with your husband. Obviously, if you, you hear some critic, some criticism from him, you're going to listen to that and evaluate your situation. Uh, we, and I think, you know, Amber and I work together like that. We're always back and forth on each other. Uh, I mean, and I think that's a healthy thing, but yeah, in general, when somebody sends you an email saying you suck, which, you know, I, we, we, you, everybody's going to hear that sooner or later in their lives. If you're putting yourself out there in any way, you suck. Well, that right there to that, that cues me in on their intelligence. Number one, number two, it cues me in on how much time they have. Also, they have plenty of it. It just, they're going to take that kind of time to do something like that. And that's where it's like, I don't really even worry about stuff like that. There's just no point of it anymore. Well, and this is and why. I, I, oh, go I'm ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead, no, Melissa. I'm not that interesting. Go ahead. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna say this I'm is Western. You're not gonna win. You're not. <laughs> this is why I I've always liked tarot. I've never. I know some people look at it like it's the Ouija board. Like, oh my God, you're summoning a demon with those cards. And it's like, no, it's not freaky. It's awesome because it taps into your intuition. And it's like, yeah. it's like a little deck of therapists in your hand. And, and, and I, and I like how it kind of lays out things like, Hmm, maybe this is how you should be looking at this problem. Um, I I don't know how, when, when someone comes to you, Melissa, and they're unfamiliar with tarot, especially if we have any listeners out there that are kind of unfamiliar with tarot or don't know, or kind of know the wrong things about it. How do you describe a tarot reading to someone who's new to it? Um, well, my little elevator speech is it's just my intuition and your intuition meeting up and saying hi. Oh, I like so that. So that's, that's the, my short speech. But if they have, like, time, I tell them there are five different ways that you can read tarot cards, right? You can do it intuitively where something in your body just knows something. You just have a feeling. You just know, right? 
So if I am doing a reading for somebody and my chest hurts, and I'm like, have you been sick? Yeah, I had pneumonia. Okay, that's why my chest hurts, right? Because my body has picked up on something. I'm very sensitive to other people. Being a social worker for 20 years or so does that too. So mine is pretty enhanced. Um, But I can tell if somebody has bad intent towards me. I can tell if somebody's not feeling well. It's just kind of one of my things. And then you can do things psychically where you get an idea in your head. Like this is like when you start singing a song and then it, your husband goes, get out of my goddamn head. I was just listening to that song, yeah. which happens almost every day here. Um, and that's just one of those things where you, you hit the right vibration, right? Or you hit the right wavelength that that person is on and you're picking up their transmission. The other way you can read it is um, like Carl Jung and his archetypal resonance, you know, had a, he was on the ball. So if you see the tower card, right. or, you know, got struck by lightning and people falling off and yeah. dying, you're going to have a bad day, right? <laughs> and even if you know nothing about the tarot, you can recognize that as a human being, as part of our collective unconscious, we know that that's a bad day. Tower card, bad, bad day, right? Okay. Good results usually, but that's deeper into the card. And then I think that's, what is that, three? The fourth way is just to read the pictures on the cards. Because if you see um, a naked baby riding a horse with the sun shining on him and <laughs> grinning, that's so happy. There's nothing, there's nothing in the shadows. There are no shadows. Everything's okay. So when you see the sun card, if you look at that picture, you know what that means. It means it's going to be okay. Yeah. And then the fifth way you can read the cards is using all of those, which is how I do that. Because you pick up stuff all the time from your psychic self, from your intuitive self, from your knowledge of the world, your history informs your readings, you know. As I said, I was a social worker, so most of my readings uh, have homework, you know. I will talk to the person and say, I think you're making a a bad choice here. This is a better choice you could make, you know, but I'm not your mother and you're going to do what you want. (laughs) Like, you know, but... But my readings are very, here's where you are. This is what I kind of see coming up if you stay on this path. And here are some other choices you could make. And here's the thing that you don't want to talk about. Let's talk about that because it's really the root of all these problems. And that usually freaks them out a little bit. But it kind of presents itself through the cards. So they sit across from me or they're on the phone or they're online. And if, um, unless it's an email question, I, I don't ask them any questions. Um, I just start reading. And I just do my thing. And as the reading goes on, um, after I finish the first six cards, I say, no, what are you the most anxious about that I didn't cover? And they'll say, oh, um, something's going on with my mom, and I'm not sure. So we'll look at mom. And I'm not really sure. I kind of feel like I'm going to get fired at work because this boss doesn't like me. So we'll look at work. And should I worry about my kid? Nah, your kid didn't even show up. Don't worry about it. You know, so <laughs> we just kind of go through the checklist yeah. of of what's going on right then in their lives. And the thing is, is that the picture shifts. Like I did a reading in a bar one time called Mo and Waldo's, which is the best bar name, isn't it? And what's it called? Guy came well, I, Mo and Waldo. Mo and Waldo. Oh yeah! Wow. Isn't that great? Yeah. So he came up and he's like, okay, psychic, which first of all, I don't put up with that shit anymore. So please never do that to me. Anybody who's listening, <laughs> hey, psychic, give me a reading. Don't you've been warned, you everybody. So, you've been warned. But I said, okay. So I gave him a reading and I said, you're retiring and you're looking at boats. But the first boat you look like is, is a piece of crap. It's a lemon. So buy the second boat. And then I gave a bunch more readings, like 10 or 20. And then he came back and he goes, okay, same question. And five of the same cards showed up and the last one changed. 
because he was going to buy the second boat. Hmm. Now, that freaked me out, and I do this for a living. But stuff like that happens all the time. You know, there are 78 cards in the deck, so the chances of my shuffling 20 times for 20 different people and coming up with the same five cards is ridiculous. It's, It's stupid. That should not have happened. And, like, I gave a reading recently where the person is about to change their, their relationship status. They're about to move and change their job. And the three cards they got were all aces, which are all about new beginnings. 78 cards. They yeah. got three aces. What a, you know, poker players could probably tell you the odds better than me, but you know, there's something to this. And I, unfortunately all I have is anecdotal evidence. Um, but you know, it's true though. You uh, ask any tarot reader and cause that, that, has even happened to me time and time again. And I don't know if you've ever had this one, Melissa, where you're shuffling the deck and let's say a card pops out and yep. it's the Hierophant or something. And then you're like, oh, okay, I put that back in there. And you keep shuffling and you shuffle and you shuffle. And then when you lay out those cards, there's that damn card. Like, and you, you said, yeah. yeah. And, um, or I've actually done, I remember I did like a reading once and I was kind of like, oh, I don't, I don't know. I don't like this. Like, I don't, I don't feel it. And I put all the cards back and I shuffled Almost every single card came back with like yeah. a few, all, like a, maybe two. And that was like out of the Celtic cross spread. So it's like, what are the odds of that? And, and that, that, that happens all the time with tarot, which I think is just the trippiest thing. Well, what That's do- your tarot is being bitchy. Um, so we <laughs> call those stalker cards. I've got, because I exchange readings with my tarot students. Um, and I have like a lot of my friends read cards. <clears throat> and I'll exchange readings with them. And it basically, the cards will start by saying, you should really do this. And then I'll get another reading that said, you should probably do this. And then I'll get another reading. And it's seriously like, fucking do this. Yeah. And it gets more intense with each one, which is why I don't read for myself. Because I'm, I'll just pull a bunch of cards. I'm like, nah, that clearly doesn't mean that. This is not bad. I'll get like the Tower and the Seven of Swords. I'm like, nah, right. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm making a good decision. And then I'll pull more cards because I'm an idiot. And it's like death. And the devil, and I'm like, okay, I get it. I get it. Yeah. You're laying on pretty thick, but I get it, you know? It happens all the time. So are you comfortable reading for yourself? What? The only reason that I don't read for myself, like I pull a card a day and I share it with my you know, Instagram folks. Yeah. Um, but I don't read for myself because I am, a, I don't know if you're into astrology. I'm a Sagittarius. I have seven oh, planets in so Sagittarius and no Earth. And I am the biggest bullshit artist when it comes to placating myself and telling myself that I'm right. So I don't read for myself because it's a it's an exercise in futility and it's absolute like vanity masturbation. It's it's useless because no matter what cards I draw, I'll argue with them and convince myself that I'm right. Yeah. Uh, that, so, yeah. So but you're... I don't read for my I don't not read for myself because I think it's wrong. I don't read for myself because I know who I am. Yep. And it's it's a it's a useless exercise because I'm arrogant. So because <laughs> after a while, like I know these cards, I know how to do readings, mm-hmm. and I try to snow myself, which just dumb as a box of hair. I swear to God. But yeah, <laughs> it's not out of any superstition, believe me. So I mean, I want to go into the in the depths of this though a little bit, if we can. Um, yeah. Because you gave a couple examples of you're working the deck and how certain things just weirdness happens with the deck where the, the, the like for example the gentleman with the boat and how you yeah. you threw you know you did you did twice same thing twice and 
the card came up to fit perfectly into his situation. I, I mean, I, and I don't want to try to go too far in the weeds with this, but I'm wondering what your thoughts are on the mechanics of this, I guess. Like, how, how does this actually work? I mean, I mean I'm not, and I'm not trying to equate tarot with Ouija board, right? But, I mean, what makes, I, I guess, what's different about tarot as opposed to the Ouija board? I mean, they're both interfaces to me, it seems like, right? Yeah. So, I, think that I don't use Ouija boards just because I watched that terrible movie, Witchboard, that scared the crap out of me in the 80s. <laughs> like, Tawny Katane getting slung out of the window or whatever. It was just awful. But I don't use them also because I've, I've used them in the past, and it felt spiritually, like, energetically, while I was working with it, it felt like I was driving into a bad neighborhood, flinging open all the car doors and saying, hey, anybody want to ride? <laughs> and then pulling off. Except two guys got in the back that I didn't see, and one guy climbed in the trunk, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I I have kids here, and I'm not about to welcome stragglers into my house. Because I always told them when they were growing up, the scariest thing in this house is your mother. And I intend to keep it that way. So I don't use spirit boards, but it's not because I, you know, I don't. They scare me a little bit, but it's also just because it's not my thing, you know? Yeah. But they, they are a portal, and that's what tarot is too, except it's a portal between me and the other person. Um, I, I have had instances. So I, how it works is what you asked. Yeah. Um, have you ever had – oh, you know the little paper clip on, the, on Word back in the day that was like, you look like you need some help. Yeah, that annoying as hell. Book, Absolutely the yeah, most annoying the thing ever. that's what the want to do. They want to help you really goddamn bad. And okay. they really are there as a tool, and your intuition is like, hey, hey, listen, pay attention, you know, or like that annoying fairy on, on Legend of Zelda. Hey, <laughs> listen, and you're like, what? <sighs> That's what the tarot cards are. They're, they're just pieces of paper, but when you use that tool, it becomes an urgent presence. It becomes something that says, I have something to tell you. You need to hear me. And your intuition is driving, but in and using the tools. So I can do readings without the tarot cards. It's actually really easy for me to do that. But I find myself instead of in a paddling pool of the person's energy, I dive in. And I don't like doing that. That makes me feel gross. And I see stuff I don't want to see. And it's very intimate. So the, the tarot works as kind of like um, a welder's mask. You know, it keeps the sparks out of my eyes so I can do my work and so I can see clearly. It's that filter through which I read someone else's intention and, and energy. Okay. And afterwards, I pick up my cards. That connection's broken. I don't bring them home with me. I'm done. Okay. And they're done, too. We have no, no further connection because it's an interaction. That... And as soon as the interaction is finished, yeah. so is the connection. That so that's makes the best sense. way I think yeah. I can no, yeah, and that's that's that actually does make sense to me because I was going to ask you that. Like, why why don't you just why do you have the why are you working with the middleman here? Why if you if you're sensitive, why don't you just work with right? Just, yeah, just well, let me tell you what happens when I did that. So I was trying to read for this lady, uh, and we kept like falling through. This is before Acuity happened, which is the best scheduling service in the world. Yeah. And I would try to email back and forth to read. And the other person that she set up uh, reading with, like, no-showed on her. So I finally got a time and a date, and I'm driving. It's like 40 minutes to meet her to do a reading. And I forgot my tarot cards, oh, which yeah. are kind of integral to the whole tarot reading right. process. <laughs> 
And I was like, I can't cancel on her. This has been the third time we've rescheduled. Somebody already walked out on her. I can't do that. So I sat down and I said, okay, I'm going to try this. I'm just going to hold your hand and I'm just going to talk to you. And when I'm finished talking, you can ask questions. And basically she had gone, she was going through a really gross divorce and was feeling not so great about herself and physically wasn't feeling well. And um, it was her chest, like she had uh, asthma and lung issues and was like tired of calling her friends because every time she called them, it was like bad news and she didn't want to be that person and was just having a really shitty time, basically. Yeah. And I talked through all of that and we got a plan on how to, how things were going to be better. And then I started driving home and about 15 minutes after driving home, I had to pull over because I couldn't stop sobbing and I felt like I was drenched in her trauma. I, and I'd gone through a pretty gross divorce like a year before that. Mm -hmm. So it brought up a bunch of my feelings and I felt like all of her, it felt like an oil of grief on me. All of her sadness, all of her heartbreak was on me. And as I'm crying hysterically, she texts me and says, I feel great. I haven't been this happy in months. Thank you so much. That was the best thing I've ever done. And I'm like hysterical on the side of highway 44 crying my eyes out. So I called my friend who does Reiki and she was like, what did you do? Cause she could tell. And I was like, get it off me, please. And I couldn't stop. So she did some work on me, but it took like 15 minutes before I got my shit together and could actually go home. And then when I, by the time I got home, I was still shaking and I had to like take off all my jewelry and take a shower and like, light candles and try to get back to myself because I just dove right in to her trauma. Mm -hmm. And then I swum around in it until I got all pretty. And then she left. (laughs) I was like, bye. You were an an emotional toilet. Basically. That's what it, that's what it seems like to me. Yeah. I grabbed all of her stuff and said, okay, go, go. I got all of your heartbreak. Go ahead. Go take care. And that did none of us any good. It didn't do her any good because she still had stuff to deal with. Right. And hopefully she did deal with it and not go off in a little idyllic haze. And it didn't do me any good because it wrecked me. And I, I already went through that. Thank you very much. I did not need to go through that again. And I couldn't do another reading for like a week because I was just shot, you know, energetically I was shot. And so that was a very big lesson to me that you use your fucking tools, Melissa. That's why you have them. And so that, and, that's and, and that's the, and that's the reason that that's the use of tarot right there. I, I, yeah. I, I won't lie. I mean, this is uh, as many years as I've been doing this stuff. Yeah. You think I know more about this, but um, this makes a lot more sense to me now. Cause I thought, well, what, why just, why just work? Why are you working with the middleman? Just get in there and just do what you do. But this is like you said, a welder's mask, which I find fascinating. Uh, and you mm-hmm. leave that with the tarot cards. That's what you said. Yeah. Correct? Wow. And, you know, there's all sorts of stuff that you can do to drop that energy. You know, you can wash your hands, you can wrap on your cards, you can, you can use, you can use your cards to, to shake that energy off. And it's like a bridge, you know, and their energy meets me at the cards and then it goes away. I can't pull it into me through the cards. That's not what they're for. It's not their job. Their job is to be a bridge between me and that person. And then when their job is finished, they go back to being pieces of paper. So, hmm. yeah. Um, when, and I, oh, go oh, ahead, I'm Melissa. Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I do have friends who, who use them in spiritual ways and who put them on their altar and treat them as sacred objects, which is fine. I have no problem with that. Minor tools. 
Yeah. So that's how I refer to them. I don't mean to be disrespectful for anybody who uses them for a different purpose, but yeah. that's not how I use them. There's like a billion decks out there. Like long ago when I got my cards, probably I, my story about how I got my first tarot deck, I was, I think I was 14 or 15 and I went to Salem, Massachusetts. And I don't know if you're familiar with Lori Cabot, the official witch yeah. of Salem. And so we were so excited to go to her store, her witch shop, which was Crowhaven Corner at the time. And um, my grandma, my Catholic grandma, specifically sent instructions with my other family members who were, who were taking me, Do, don't let her buy any of that witch stuff. Like, because she just knew me. So yeah. I, uh, my, my cousin's mom, thankfully, didn't care what I bought, just said, don't tell your grandma, I let you buy this. And so I got right. my first writer weight uh, Pamela Smith deck from yeah. Crowhaven Corner and Lori Cabot, which I thought was just the coolest thing. Um, but I've, I've always been connected to that writer weight. And anybody that is new to tarot, I tell them, get that deck. I had a friend who had this awful, I mean, it was awful to me, maybe not someone else, but it was like the dragon tarot. Or no, 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 no. It was like something gothic. It was something gothic. Anyway, I, I looked at the cards and I was like, eh, these mean nothing to me. Go get yourself right. the rider weight. And she did. And she's like, um, you're right. That completely changed everything. Um, yeah. And I think it's a great starting deck. And then from there, once if you want to explore with other decks that you that kind of talk to you in some way, I, I think it's cool. But that's the best yeah. deck. And I, I teach with the writer Waite Smith um, before that reason because it's very it's you know tarot is symbols that's what it is it's a it's a bunch of symbols and the symbols are very very clear in that deck whereas the Marseille deck which is the kind you find with um, their illustrated major arcana but the minor arcana is just a bunch of sticks yep that's the way I see it anyway and I'm like what the fuck it's a bunch of sticks yep <laughs> so but I have friends who can read with the Marseille deck like the wind it's amazing and then there are talk decks that are based on Alistair Crowley which he, I think he's grody yeah so that's not for me either but the Rider Waite Smith can be problematic because it was created by straight white people for straight white people and in this in this day and age, it's really nice to see your face in a tarot deck. So I encourage people to learn with the writer Waite Smith, and then maybe look for a more diverse deck that represents the community that you're reading in or the community that you live in. Like the Numinous Tarot has queer folks and people of color in it, and trans kids. And I did a reading with that deck for a trans kid who, it, like, he's like, "That's my face. I'm that's my face. That's me." And we both started crying, and I gave him the deck because what are you going to do? <laughs> Yeah. But that matters. It changes lives yeah. when you see yourself in a tool like this. So I, I, I do encourage folks to start with the right of Smith, but then look around and see if there's something that doesn't suit you better. You know? I didn't know there were so many different varieties. There's a billion. Oh yeah. I got I have two hundred and fifty decks at home. So <laughs> but I have friends who have twenty five hundred, so I don't feel that bad. Um but yeah, there's a lot. And luckily, since my book came out, publishers are like, hey, will you review this deck if, I, if we send it to you? And I'm like, yeah, 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 of course. Yes, I will. Um, so that's where I got a lot of them. But um, it's my it's my only hobby. Like, this is like, this is my, I collect this and Wonder Woman stuff. So I don't <laughs> feel bad about, you know, my tarot horde. I do feel like a dragon, though, kind of. Like, I'm sitting on top of all of them chuckling. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think, I think. Folks should start with a starter deck. And in my in my first book, I call it a basic deck because there are several variations of the Rider Waite Smith deck. Um, but it is basic, and it is based on people who created it, who were rich, straight white men. Nothing against you know straight white men, 
but they've had lots of coverage, you know, <laughs> historically in everything forever. And I think it's really great, especially for kids who maybe are people of color, who maybe are queer, who maybe look a little different to have their faces in their decks. So I think that's important. Right. So there, yeah, it's awesome that there is a ton of artwork and you can connect with something. Yeah. But yeah, start with the rider weight. Um, have you ever had people ask, like, you do a reading for someone and they get all butthurt after the reading, after you give yeah. them homework and say, you know, hey, maybe you should do this. And then they stop off. And Have you ever had someone do that and then come back and go, Melissa, you were right? Yes. And it's, <clears throat> I'd like to say that I don't get all smug, but here we are. Um, <laughs> I, I had one recently where I actually argued with this woman for 45 minutes. I'm like, yes, he's cheating on you. Yes, he lied to you about it. Um, okay, but if I stay with him for like a year, will I meet a better guy? Because I don't want to be alone and he has you know, lots of money. And I'm like, oh. you have to figure out what your return on investment is. If this is what you're interested in, sure. You know, but is that okay? Are you are you okay with being valued like that, treated yeah. like that? Is this cool with you? And I, I generally don't argue with people, but this one just pissed me off because she was like, yeah, it's fine. And I'm like, it's not fine. He doesn't use protection. You're going to get sick. What's wrong with you? And yeah. I turn into her mother, which I try not to do when I do reading. <laughs> but I'm like, young lady, you need to go get tested. Um, so generally, I try not to argue, but I have had, she emailed me later and said that they broke up because he was cheating on her. And I was like, no, nah, no. Nah. Yeah, yeah, right. But I've had readings where I've told people you're you know, going to lose your job or no, this is the wrong person for you. I, I gave a reading to this at a bridal shower for the bride. <laughs> and she was the last one I read for it. I looked at her cards and I was like, you know, you can back out. Ooh, and she goes, oh my yeah, God. I know, but everything's paid for. And I was like, yeah, but you can get your everything but the deposits back. And we didn't even look at the cards anymore. We're just talking. I'm like, this is not a pragmatic thing. Fuck the money. You don't have to do this. <clears throat> and she's like, I don't know. I think it'll be worth it. I signed a prenup. And so if I, if I leave later, I'm going to make some money. And I'm like, again, I'm not here to judge anybody. If the return on the investment of your time is enough for that payoff, mazel tov, right? Right. And she got married. And then later she, she emailed me, they got divorced a year later and she made a bunch of money and it was absolutely worth it for her. Wow. Oh my God. It's about as so, shallow as it comes though. Jeez. Yeah. But, but you know what? I don't know her life. I think that she she was raised very poor, and having an assurance of that money in her future meant a lot to her. That was security. That was safety. It's hard for women to be single if they're broke. It's very hard. Oh, yeah. So, you know, I get it. But to me, that's not a choice I would make because my dad would kick my ass, first <laughs> of all. But that's not how I, 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 I wouldn't feel comfortable doing that. But that doesn't mean that wasn't the right choice for my client. Because it worked out great for her. She's fine. You know, she's still a client. She's fine. But she she made this decision. And mm -hmm. in the reading, I was like, are you sure? And she goes, yeah, I don't think it's going to work, but I got to. And I'm like, all right, go do the thing. And it didn't work, but she felt she needed to. And it worked out okay in the end, yeah. you know? Well, I mean, and that so just I, all ties into the idea that everything happens for a reason, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so... I, you know, one thing too I liked in your book is how honest you are about some, like things like like hey, if you like you you mentioned you used a book like looked up meanings of cards for like ten years, 
And yeah, I think I used the book for yeah, yeah. For decades. And I think some tarot people like if you're into it and you want to do it for your friends or someone, sometimes maybe you feel a little like I don't know, I feel kind of stupid looking at the book like I'm cheating. Um, but it, it's like learning another language. It's really hard to sometimes remember every single little yeah. thing. And it can get harder the more detailed you get into it. Like what certain, you know, yeah. if we get numerology involved and astrology and then what the court cards represent. And, you know, this card's diagonal from this one. So this means something and different. Elemental dignities. Yeah, yeah. All of that stuff. Yeah. yeah it's hard. And it, learning tarot is not just learning 78 cards. It's learning 78 cards and then upside down. Yep. And then in every position and then how they relate to each other and then how they relate to the person you're reading for. And it's hard. And I want people to get their tarot decks and start reading immediately. There is no reason to feel ashamed for learning. So I saw this really cool thing that said, if you're you know, 17 years old and you've been reading tarot for two years, then you're a level 17 person with a level two reading experience. Hmm. You should still be using your book, you know? Yeah. And I don't think people give themselves that opportunity to grow and to learn. And man, I, I used my book unashamedly. I was like, this is hard. Here's my book because I don't remember what that fucking card means yeah. because the two of, of wands looks just like the three of wands and it's confusing. And some of the cards like the Hierophant, I hated that card for like 15 years until I read a book that finally explained it to me in a way that I got it. What book was that? Um, it was Seeker by Rachel Pollack, oh, which she oh. wrote for high school students. Like that was its main audience. And I'm like, thank you, because apparently I need it so said that, to me like that. That was a fiction. You know? That was that. one of her fiction books. No, no, it was uh, it was a nonfiction. It was called Seeker and it was written targeted towards high school. students. Oh, gotcha. Like OK, OK. So she she wrote in a very casual way. And I that's how I think, you know, it, that's how I approach things. And it just worked. It just worked for me. But it took a long time for me to get there. And now I'm there with all of the cards, and I'm, re I'm really good at this. And I don't really read tarot books anymore unless it's like a friend wrote it, and I want to you know, support them and see how they're doing and see what stuff they do. But I'm still learning new stuff. I've actually, when I say I don't read tarot books, I don't read new ones, really. But I've been going back to, to reading like the old, old books yeah. like by Bembo and Arthur Waite and you know, the key of the tarot, like I have all of these old books that I'm starting to go through and picking up some of that, like, ancient, I don't want to say ancient, because it's only like the 14th century, right. but <laughs> that old knowledge that I missed, because I didn't understand it, and I skipped over it, and I white knuckled my way into reading tarot cards, you know, if it didn't make sense to me, I was like, I would read the book with the dictionary in my other hand, right, and try to figure out what it meant. And then I would just assign meanings by the way I saw it come up in readings. And it was pretty much aligned. So I, after white knuckling my way to proficiency, now I'm going back and going, oh, the magician's belt is a snake? No shit? Yeah. Well, that is an Ouroboros. And I know what that <laughs> symbol means. But, you know, I just figured that out a year and a half ago. So, and I've been looking at that stupid card for 30 years. Yeah, I'm well, just that just so goes bad. to show you how dense those things are. Um, yeah, for sure. So, and also one of the things too in your book is you say, you know, don't be afraid to not read for someone. Um, and you mentioned like a predator type guy or something in your, what was that story? That was so gross. So every year I do readings at St. Louis Pagan Picnic, which is a wonderful, it's in this beautiful park we have called Tower Grove Park. 
And it's just a bunch of vendors who sell like crystals and candles and do readings. And it's just lovely. It's just hippies as far as the eye can see. You can't swing a cat without hitting a tie-dye person. It's wonderful. <laughs> and I teach there. I teach an intro to tarot class for free. And I do readings all day for like 20 bucks. And I just hang out with my friends, basically. It's super fun. But when I started doing it, I've been doing it for 20 years now. So this is like 18 years ago. And this guy sat down and I got this gross feeling on the back of my neck. You know, like Amber, you're a woman. You understand this. When you walk out in the street and your whole body says you're not safe, you're not safe. You know yeah, that. Yep, yep. I don't I, know if dudes get that, but women get that. I work in a public library and we have a guy that walks by that gives you the creeps like that all the yep. time. And you, your body immediately knows when he's near you. Yep. That's what happened when he sat down. I was like, gross, gross, gross. And then he reached over to grab my cards and I kind of handed them to him. I touched his hand and it felt like it was dipped in oil. Mm. And I grabbed my cards back and I said, I'm not reading for you. And I kind of got a flash of what he'd done to children. Mm -mm. And I said, you need to go away. I know what you did. I can see you. And he got up and left quickly. And it was so gross. I had to stop reading for a while. I had to like go sit down under a tree and get back to myself because it was, it was nasty. And, you know, I, I don't know if the reason, because I mean, I'm sure that I've met predators or bad people before and not seen it, you know, and read for them or whatever. I'm sure I've passed them on the street and not known, but I think he needed to know that someone saw him. I yeah. think that's why that happened. And maybe, um, yeah, maybe something changed in him after that. Maybe he was going to do something horrible and, you know, made a decision not to. I don't yeah, know. I don't know. I hope so. You know, I, I worked with abuse kids for a long time, so I certainly hope so. Um, but sometimes I get things that don't seem to, how the fuck did I know that? How yeah. did I know that? Yeah. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and I have a psychology degree and I like science. So I'm trying to figure this out in an intellectual level. I have no idea how I knew that, but clearly it resonated with him because he ran away like a chicken shit that he was, you know? Do you, so, do you yeah. think from, since when you got your first deck, I mean, were you intuitive as a kid or do you think through tarot that that intuition has grown uh, you know, to where you are now at 44? I think, yeah, it's okay. It's both. Um, my family is all psychic. Um, my family is all cops and firemen and soldiers and nurses and to a person, they all have a story with, I would have walked in there except I had a feeling and then the door blew open Mm -hmm. or my dad said, I got a feeling and I took a step back and a bullet went in front of his face. Shit like that. Right. Or when I was 12, I woke up screaming and my dad's like, I don't know who it is yet, but we're calling. And somebody in the family died, but we couldn't figure out who. So everybody calls back and forth from Alaska to Kansas to Florida to Missouri. And then we finally realized it's Uncle Richard in Florida. And it's at two in the morning. I was 12 years old. Right. That kind of stuff happened. And my dad listened to me when I said I had a bad dream. He asked me why, what it was, what it was about, who was in it. And um, if he told me not to go out drinking when I was a teenager, just stay in tonight, I would. Like, if that gives you any indication, yeah. I drink. I was pretty much drunk during the 90s to try to shut this gift off. <laughs> and so if somebody tells me not to drink, I'd be like, okay. Um, but if he would say, stay in tonight, I would stay in. And, and you know, sometimes things happen to my friends. Like, um, they were walked to a party and got busted for drinking underage and I didn't because I stayed home like stuff like that so it was always part of who I was and I was also just like a weird creepy kid anyway um like I would 
talked, I don't even know if it was, I, I would look for fairies in the forest and I would, you know, create magic spells and, and make potions and stuff. And I kind of lived one foot in my books and fantasy world and one foot in the real world. And um, I think that that lent itself to this, but also I've been working my intuition like a muscle for 30 years. Mm -hmm. Like you can't do that and not have a strong gift. So I I think it's like, you know, some people like everybody's a doctor, everybody's an athlete, my family, everybody's psychic. And I'm like a brain surgeon because I've been using this tool endlessly and explicitly and focusing it. And I'm really good at it now um, to the point where I can finally turn it off, which is an amazing blessing, by the way. Um, but yeah, I think, I think it was an innate gift. Everybody has it. Everybody can read tarot cards, everybody um, that I just strengthened through, you know, force, sheer force of will right. and stubbornness. Yeah. Yeah. I, I also chuckled yeah. at another part uh, in your book. I had to write this exact quote down. Um, and it's where you say, uh, I was in my early 20s and still doing readings for beer and pot money, like you do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you mentioned that you used to do readings in a, in a bar and almost got punched out yeah. by some drunk guy. I mean, can you, what, what happened at, I mean, just Fine. stories, so, go. <laughs> yeah, like, I, in college and high school, I would do readings and people would pay me in drinks or booze or weed or whatever because <laughs> nobody had money. And it was, a, you know, I'm like, oh, your boyfriend's cheating on you. And then I'd go have drinks for the night. It was great. <laughs> Bottle of Jack Daniels. Thank you very much. Um, so it was just a form of exchange. I keep telling my kids, I'm like, you need to learn how to do readings because you could make a fortune at high school. Seriously. Yeah. But they, they don't listen to me. Um, but I... So I don't, I don't really drink a lot anymore because I quit smoking and whiskey goes with cigarettes. Yep. It just does. So oh, I yeah. don't like drinking because then I want cigarettes and that's just a bad scene. Um, but eh, 15 years ago, I sure did. And I was drinking tequila and um, I get a little mean, not mean, more honest. Let's say honest, um, more honest than I am usually, if you can imagine that. So I gave my friend Paul a reading for his birthday, and um, then I started drinking because I was like, happy birthday, Paul. I love you. Here you go. And now I'm here to party. And this guy kept bugging me. Hey, psychic. Hey, psychic. Give me a fucking reading. Hey, give me a reading. And then I was pretty drunk by that point. I was like, you want a reading? Fine. Come here. I'll show you a reading. And so I laid the cards down in front of him, and I said, your girlfriend is going to find out you're cheating on her real, real soon. So you're going to want to watch out for that. And she was standing behind him. And he goes, you fucking bitch. And he took a swing at me and then he got escorted out. And I was like, you said you wanted a reading <laughs> and laughed and laughed and laughed. <laughs> oh, that's and awesome. Delightful. Yeah, it was great. But I didn't know she'd be standing there. I just knew that he got seven of swords busted. You're busted. And, um, you know, I, I think that I probably could have been nicer about it, but I didn't want to because he, he was bugging me. <laughs> so, well, he was an know, ass anyway. You, yeah. Careful what you ask for. Yeah. Well, so. I mean, it sounds like the whole dance monkey thing we mentioned before. Hey, psychic. Hey, psychic. Well, hey, yeah. psychic. Um, yeah. I, I don't care for that. Not a fan. <laughs> well, it, because I think. I think there's a perception of tarot readers. There's like two things. And Mary Kay Greer is one of my heroes. And she said this, that tarot readers are either thieves or priests, right? We're either Miss Cleo out to get your money, you know, don't make me take you to church young man, right? From the nineties. 
And we're out to scam you for two ninety nine a minute, right? That's what that's yeah. who we are. That defines us. Or it's a sacred gift from the gods and we shouldn't charge for it. And I'm like, priests get paid. You know, yeah. if this is a sacred gift, nuns get paid. Um, everybody who works in holy life gets some kind of people used to, you know, build houses for the for the wise woman in the village and ain't nobody gonna build me a house and you know AT&T doesn't take good vibes so <laughs> it those are the two perceptions that people have of terror readers we're either thieves or we're priests and I'm neither yeah. you know thank god um but yeah it's fighting that perception I think is is the tarot monkey you know but it's also some of the shit that people give me um, about what I do. And I'm like, okay, what you're defining is an idea that you have of what I do. What you're angry about is an idea of what you have, what I do. You don't know what I do. What I do is help people feel better. That's my job. I see people. Yeah. I help them be present and I see who they are and I tell them who they are so that they can feel better. That's what I do. I mean, it's and it's the stigmatized it's it's a stigmatized thing, like we said before. That's yeah. the problem, um, and that's it. That's a hard thing to shake. That that perception is such a hard thing to shake. I think, and that's the problem that you're faced with probably every day. Well, it, you know, it is getting so much better. I think it's trendy now. Like I think Versace or some one of the, I don't know designers, but had tarot cards, the mother piece tarot in their line of clothing and. There, you can buy tarot cards all over the place now. It oh, yeah. used to be like this one shelf in the back of, you know, borders. Yeah. Like the old shelf. And now they're ever. I was in a Barnes and Noble with my daughter, and there were like three shelves of tarot decks. I was like, this is amazing. I am so excited about this. So it's not as bad as it used to be. And I'm really glad for it. And I think the reason for that is people are okay with asking questions um, and they're less particular about where those answers come from yeah and i think that that's that's pretty cool i'm excited to be part of that ghostly talk <laughs>